Welcome to the Replant Podcast, providing biblical insight and encouragement to reclaim declining and dying churches for the glory of God and the good of our communities. Hey guys, welcome to the Replant Podcast. This is Bob Bickford. I'm the Associate Director of Replant, and I am joined by two Replant pastors who are just on the other side of their first year. Joko Stevens, who pastors at First Baptist Ferguson, he was with a church plant called The Passage, and uh, those two church merges. He'll tell you a little bit about that in just a second. Joe, welcome. Thank you. Good. Glad to be here. Yeah, good to see you. And uh, Jason Helmbacher, who is a replant pastor at the Church of Afton. Jason, how are you? Man, we're good today, Bob. How are you? I'm doing great. All right. Guys, the first year of replanting is what we want to talk about today. We've got a lot of guys that are interested in what it means to be a replanter, they probably got a lot of uh, grand ideas about how wonderful and awesome and easy it might be. And so we want to give them a real picture of what it's like to replant in your first year. So why don't you guys tell us just a little bit about your background and your history, how you came to be at the church that you're serving at currently, and uh, then we'll jump in with some of the specific questions about the first year. So Joe, why don't you go ahead? So born and raised in St. Louis, grew up in North County, um, grew up at First Baptist Church of Ferguson, ended up leaving for college and seminary, came back and uh, helped replant a church plant, which was an interesting thing. But the church plant was there seven and a half years uh, and saw it grow. And uh, into that re, uh, that church planting effort, uh, First Baptist Church of Ferguson was looking for a pastor and came and said, hey, uh, we'd like your resume, uh, several of the members and search committee members. And so I said, only if I bring... Uh, about 140, 150 of my closest friends. And so we went through a year and a half process of, of looking through that. And uh, 18 months ago, the churches came together and have been on a steady track ever since in the North County area. That's great. Jason? Our story really uh, is one that developed over a lot of years and a lot of miles. Uh, I grew up in St. Louis out in the county and uh, consider this my hometown. lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else. But it's been 25 years since uh, we left St. Louis. And so the Lord took us all around the world, and we've landed back here uh, in a place that we have grown to love, and uh, uh, that is the center of a, a lot of folks that we have grown to love over the years. And so uh, having served in Bosnia, we've now landed in the middle of uh, a large Bosnian population along with uh, just uh, uh, my hometown people in St. Louis, and so we, uh, we're excited to be at, at uh, church at Afton. Did you guys ever think about replanting at any point in your ministry career early on? I don't know if that was ever a, really a topic that was on anybody's minds. Church planting, honestly, was not on most people's minds, even though the majority of the churches we grew up in didn't exist 70, 80 years ago. Um, and so I never had the idea of coming back home, never had the idea of doing anything but whatever God wanted. And so if that's church planting, great. If it's going to establish church, that's great. But church replanting really wasn't on the radar. I remember hearing Matt Chandler talking about replanting. I remember he when he first landed at uh, the church he's at now, it, it was a replant. And I remember some of the conversation way back in the early days uh, before it really blew up about how he um, intended had intentionality when he went there. And I thought that was very intriguing. I thought it was a, a great idea, but there was, really wasn't any sort of a system for that. It was just his leadership. So, yeah, I mean, it's been on my mind. Um, but when this opportunity came, I, I, I really wasn't all that excited about it, honestly. <laughs> but uh, 
But yeah. But back in the day, early on, you were tracking with Chandler. I was tracking with him. That's good. Everybody good? That's awesome. All right. <laughs> well, guys. Um, Let's get going. Yes. Replanting is is going into an established church that's experienced decline over a significant period of time and working to see that church come back to health and vitality. Not a lot of guys get excited about going into a church that's been in decline for quite some time, right? So yet we're seeing guys that are open to the idea and warming to the idea. We're seeing a replanting movement uh, just kind of take hold here in North America, which is really exciting. But what were some of the surprises that you encountered in that first year? Jason, let's start with you. I think uh, one one thing that really wasn't on my radar <clears throat> when we uh, when we started the process was that not only was the congregation in decline, the building in which they met was in decline. Yeah, and so along with uh, taking on this task, we also inherited uh, a blessing and a burden in the building, hmm. and uh, and so we we've spent a lot of energy and money. Uh, just trying to get things presentable. I mean, not even going high tech and, and going all out, but just trying to. Uh, uh, I, so I, I never realized the carpentry <laughs> piece of uh, of 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 replanting. That was sort of a surprise. So was it like condition of things, or was it just like the the cosmetics, or was it like structural, mechanical, all the above, all the above? Forty thousand dollar roof leak that was wow. out out of the insurance, uh, you know, coverage and. Um, but then just a lot of cosmetic carpet. I'm just mm-hmm. terrible mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Joe, how about you? Well, I was going to say, if anybody has any pallets, I think, Jason, you're still looking <laughs> for some. I can some. lend you a few. Okay. Well, you, oh, you we have may have enough. a few termites in the building now. I'm not sure. <laughs> so I would say the surprises in replanting um, came in the form of uh, our replants a little different in that I inherited and have a large staff. So the replant effort we're doing is 350 people. And so with that, it the, the challenges are I had – uh, or the surprises were the melding of staffs as well as just re- uh, leadership capacity growth. Um, I didn't. I, I feel like I'm a decent leader, but I was not ready for all the challenges that were there. Right. So yours is a kind of an atypical in the sense that you were at a larger church. You already had a good sized church plant of 100 folks or so. A couple of staff folks with you. Yeah. And then you go to uh, Ferguson, and it was what, 300 or so? It or? was. So the, the church plant was 140, and Ferguson was averaging between 180 and 200. Okay, but full staff, almost a full staff or quite, quite they, a few They folks. had a good staff, yeah. All right. They had about eight folks full-time and part-time. Okay, yeah, so that's a big change for you. And that's not a typical situation, but we are seeing more and more churches come to the point of replanting larger churches realizing they need to do something. So that's that's uh, we're seeing that more often. Um, were there some surprises in dealing with the people there uh, that you found who were had been at the church through that season of decline? Did you encounter anything surprising in trying to lead those folks who'd been around for a while? I would say nothing out of the ordinary, just a lot of FaceTime, mm-hmm. a lot of time talking and walking through questions. The one surprise was the prayer request cards became... Uh, the suggestion cards. <laughs> okay. um, and so every Monday morning we get uh, our staff together to go and see what the prayer requests yeah. are and, and pass those along to, to what are now our elders and deacons. And, and so that's, uh, yeah, that's, that was fun. Do you remember the very first suggestion that came in? 
I remember the very first one I threw away. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> had to do with wearing a tie. All right. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I bet you, Jason, challenge some uh, surprises with the people. I tell you, my biggest surprise has been the amount of conflict mm. in a good way. Uh, I came expecting um, to just be in the foxhole battling, and it really has not been that way at all. And what I what I share with folks, the real miracle, if there's any miracle going on at uh, at church at Afton, it it was the desire of that remnant, I lovingly refer to them as, um, really uh, desiring for the gospel to be pushed out uh, such that they were willing to die in order to bear much fruit, to die to their traditions and their. Uh, now it hasn't been completely easy, but it's uh, it's been more of a blessing than a bummer. That's good. That regard. Yeah, that's good. Let's let's talk about then some challenges that you face. And Jason, you kind of touched on it's not been easy. So if you were to name kind of maybe two or three challenges that you faced in your first year specifically, what what were those? One one big challenge, I think, was just leadership. Um, we spent some time. I spent six months with that remnant before we launched as church at Afton and uh, shared vision and did you know a lot of teaching and training on what it means to to be sent ones. Um, and 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 I think uh, there was a lot of rallying around that, uh, except that the, the problem is that that my church planting team, if you will was a group of people who had been dying mm-hmm. <laughs> and um and while they were they they want to get it and they want to be a part of it um we were really lacking in leadership i really felt um that my wife and i were on our own in a lot mm-hmm. of ways and so our prayer request to a lot of our partners was for leadership and god's blessed in that area and has begun to raise up even some of the new believers um to to begin taking on leadership and uh, god's brought some others to be a part of it and so where where joe has uh the blessing and the burden of a large staff uh we we have a lot of volunteer staff and and we're having to uh, i mean we have team meetings we have staff meetings uh but but they're volunteers and so you know uh just raising up leadership beyond myself uh has been a, a you know god's provided but that that's been a challenge yeah. a challenge yeah joe what are some of the challenges you faced um it's always been said that as soon as you're tired of talking about something, people are just starting to understand. And so the, the communication piece of everything that's going on was a big challenge, trying to get everybody on board or at least aware of what's happening. Um, I don't think, um, you know, I in, in marriage counseling or premarital counseling, you know, you never have anybody come into your office saying, my husband talks to me too much, <laughs> yeah. that kind of a thing, or my wife, she talks to me too much. Um, and so in the in the first year of replanting, just finding venues and avenues to be able to communicate often and clearly everything that's going on, especially when you're transitioning a church that's used to being involved in everything to getting them to not be so concerned about what's on campus and be more concerned about what's off campus. Right. Right. So what, what were some of the channels of communication that you used? Um, the biggest, uh, we, we just transitioned to this at, at the church plant. We did what was family meetings. And so we'd meet around round tables in the evening uh, once a quarter, and we'd present for a half an hour. We'd pray for about 15, 20 minutes, just have everybody around that table. You know, if there's 40 of us in the room, five five round tables praying, and then we'd present, hey, here's what elders are, are being led to do. Here's 
financial stuff. Here's where small groups are going to go. Here's some mission opportunities. And then on the table, there's a discussion guide with questions that go through those topics. Um, and then around the table, they discuss it, give leadership then those discussion guides back. And then if there's any votes of affirmation, you know, business meeting type things we need to do, we'll do those at the end. Uh, but what it does is it, it keeps people from speaking to an issue mm-hmm. and, and they end up talking to people mm-hmm. um, and really process. And then I have feedback, the elders have feedback, the deacons have feedback, the staff has feedback, and we're not wondering what's going on. Yeah, that's good. That's a good way to get uh, information out, which is much different than a, a traditional business meeting structure where there's one or two people talking and then maybe some Q&A. A lot of people stay silent in those settings. And, and over-communicating with weekly mm-hmm. emails. And those who don't have email, you have those in a church replant, having to send out letters, making sure yeah. Sunday school or small group leaders have what they need, and just constantly talking. Yeah. One of the, the things that's true in a replant, and you guys may have faced this, is the older the congregation is, the more often you have to communicate and the more clear you have to be and the more repetitive you have to be. Uh, it's just kind of a function of culture, a function of, of age and demographic. And uh, so that can be challenging to a planter who's used to putting something out on Facebook or email, and uh, everybody in his congregation gets it the first time. Um, so that is, a, that is a challenge. Was there any challenge or any moment uh, in your initial efforts to replant where you thought, man, this could be, this could be an ender right here, like, uh, this 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 is a tough one, or man, this is a serious issue. Any any situations stand out to you guys like that? I feel like we're coming up on some, like with the, the large staff. We we yeah. need to trim back, um, and so that that makes it difficult. Um, we've already redone bylaws, that went smoother than anticipated, but through that we lost several families. Um, uh, it's the slow erosion as you continue to change things that I think wears on mm. you as a pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I mean, I see some of our bigger speed bumps still coming. Yeah, and you're how many months in now? Uh, sixteen, eighteen. Sixteen, eighteen. Okay, yeah. So there's there's the changes that are still being processed and implemented post twelve months, and each time there's a change. Would you guys both say each time that there's some change, there's potential for people to leave, or there have been actual leavings from the church? I would say uh, that is lessening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think right at the beginning, uh, when we launched the day of the launch, we lost some people because I think they realized we're not, this isn't what we're on this ride for. Um, we just voted in our bylaws last week. And, uh, and I, I felt like all along that that was, that could have been a game changer. Um, and we, we've lost, we lost a couple of people. Yeah. Um, but each change, because we're growing up around that remnant, uh, most of our folks are new now and uh, and new believers and new to church and uh, and change is normal to them. I mean, they're 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 ready for the next thing, and so our our uh, <clears throat> our our uh, the the big changers are are are. I don't think I think we're past really the biggest issues. Yeah. You know, and our growth is going to bring along its own changes. We have to begin to staff and budgets are going to change and things like that and we'll navigate those but i, I don't it, it's i don't foresee any any more large issues ahead of us that's uh that's going to affect the remnant yeah in in any big way yeah it's good how about some successes and joys like what's been and what is what's happened that you're thankful for and then um you know that you celebrate 
what I'm most excited about is beginning to see uh, second-generation discipleship happen. So we launched, um, we began to, to see new believers coming. We've discipled them, and now they're discipling others. <clears throat> and we, we, uh, that's what we want. That's, all, that's what we're all about. We want multiplication to happen. We want to be a disciple-making factory, and it's happening. And so we really celebrate that. We've baptized 15 in our first year, and, uh, and uh, you know, baptisms cover a multitude of sins, if you will. <laughs> that remnant, you know, as they, as they struggle yeah. with changes, they get excited about that. Yeah. As they begin to see children again in the nursery yeah. and on the playground of things, that, that just uh, that overrides some of their consternation. So. That's a good point. Joe, how about you? Success, joys? Just seeing, uh, I feel like I'm turning a Titanic uh, mm-hmm. A little bit more than than a speedboat, and so with the church plan is much more easy to be nimble and see great things. But the joys are seeing um, our senior adults celebrate in the kids that came from the church plant, and seeing people uh, who come into the church now uh, from the community see uh, people who look like them or in the same stage of life and, and stick around. Um, some of the hardships are, are some some of the other joys with that are seeing people latch on to uh, music is a big divider in the church mm-hmm. and seeing people being okay. Listen, he's not taking away everything, you know, cause the pastor gets blamed, right? Whether you're behind it or not. Um, but joyfully uh, coming to worship and understanding this is a time to be excited about Jesus. This isn't just a, um, come and, and suck on your lemon and, and sit here and hear the teaching and leave. But, <laughs> but actually, um, we actually have a few hand raisers now. Hey, watch out. Um, right. And you're Baptist, and we're Baptist. We got a few Ameners all of a sudden. Okay, so we've got some, just just uh, those joys of seeing things start to shift culturally. Yeah, um, there's slow, steady changes, but seeing um, we continually have people. I want to get to know more folks. Um, we had uh, just a, as a joy last night. We had a, a block party. Uh, at, we have a massive park right in our parking lot, um, a community park, and so we, mission team came in, helped us throw a block party, and um, I saw. Um, one of my favorite senior adults, uh, Cheryl, was out there with his Bible just going from individual to individual sharing the gospel. Mm. He was there to do nothing else but to carry his Bible. And, mm. and, and so you get to see people using what they've got. And he's 84 years old mm. out there just sharing Jesus, and he didn't care. That's great. That's good. Guys, how, um, how have you changed as a leader pastoring a replan? Has, has God shaped you or changed you in any ways in, in this first Are you talking year? about waistline? Is that what you're talking well, about, the stress? Well, I mean, maybe, if you, want to, if you want to include that. But um, that, I think that happens to church planters and replanters. But um, have there been some changes in, in the way you approach leadership, or are you personally, the, the way that you've led? Can you think of any anything that... I, I've had to grow immensely in leadership capacity. And so um, I love my educational experience, but it was lacking in leadership development. Mm-hmm. And so I've spent the past 18 months reading about a leadership book every three weeks, mm-hmm. just uh, on top of everything else, just trying to whatever I can get. Um, how do I influence people? How do I communicate? How do I stay organized? Um, I was not leadership. My uh, I, I lead, but I didn't have the capacity to lead 350 people. Right. It's a different level. It's a big jump all of a sudden overnight. Yeah. And, and people feel like pastor's been taken away because where there was once contact and connection, it's you know, that, that 200 person roof that every church planter or church hits, that's where you're starting to, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't have access to the pastor all the time. And so investing in leaders who will then invest in people was a major leadership transition. 
Mm-hmm. How about you, Jason? Any any changes in your own leadership? You know, I think what's been real exciting for me in this experience has been just sort of unleashing stuff that's been pent up in my heart, you mm-hmm. know, wanting to lead churches that I've pastored in the past that weren't ready for these kinds of changes and now been being able, being given the permission to go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the challenges I, I think right now that I'm beginning to work through is that having now passed bylaws, um, we we are moving to an elder-led congregation. I've never, <laughs> I've never uh, pastored an elder-led congregation. I've always felt convicted that that's the biblical structure, and now I'm I'm beginning to have to uh, uh, grow into that and, yeah. and have shared plurality leadership. And so I'm excited about it, but I'm, I'm having to learn how to uh, how to continue to lead, but then uh, 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 you know share that among among other uh, pastors. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, that's a good one. Let Let's talk about um, in terms of resources that have been helpful to you, Joe. You mentioned leadership books, and uh, what what are just to a quick kind of fire uh, around the room. What What are some of the resources that have been super helpful to you? Um, so I, I have them in three categories. Yeah. One is work efficiency or just productivity. One's in general leadership and then one's in, in knowing yourself. And so um, I'm big on personality profile, knowing yourself. So I'm, the chameleon and disc survey stuff, um, big on that just to know where people are at and how I need to approach them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got certified in that. So um, that was helpful. Um, being uh, an ENTP, knowing my Myers-Briggs walking through that was highly helpful. Um, as far as productivity, there's two books that really stand out. One's called Deep Work by Cal Newport, um, and then What's Best Next by Matt Perman. Just mm-hmm. being able to set a schedule. I'm a big picture guy, and mm-hmm. I need structure. Um, and then in general leadership, um, Church Unique has been helpful. Conversion and Discipleship by Bill Hall. Uh, just thinking through those types of things. Um, here in St. Louis, we have Lead St. Louis, and so I'm coaching a guy through that, so going through all those books again with Overcoming the Dark Side of Leadership, and I mean, I've just got list and list, but uh, basically anything you can get your hands on in leadership that is beneficial, um, and also that is not uh, necessarily from a church background. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of guys who are better at applying um, leadership principles and self-leadership principles in the business world than sometimes in the... Um, the church world. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Jason? Resources that have been helpful? Uh, aside from lots of good books, um, I, I would say just the, the resources of churches. Uh, God has uh, just put a lot of other churches in our path, partners, if you will, who've come alongside and provided uh, a lot of prayer support uh, and, and uh, a lot of uh, resource uh, support and uh and teams coming all the time, and uh, and man, that's just encouraging. And that has been a resource that when we first started a year ago, we didn't have energy to do a lot of things. Uh, we had a lot of older folks, and and so uh, uh, help learning. This has been a, a, a something we've been learning and still uh, improving, and learning how to leverage and to uh, partner well um, is, uh, is a big deal and, uh, we can be overcome. I mean, I remember being at the point where I was ready just to turn churches away, mm-hmm. but, uh, that's the resource that we have and that's the resource that we need. And so, uh, that's been awesome. And, uh, and that's, that's the beauty of being Southern Baptist is, is that we are cooperating together. And if you can find those partners, that's a, a huge help in all of this. Yeah. Joe, you guys had some partnership around the convention. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, 
Yeah, so with uh, last summer the SPC convention being in town, um, the, the national launch of Send Relief, I highlighted a church in, in Indiana and then was launched at our church um, with the medical dental clinic and all that. So a lot of resources coming behind, redid our food pantry. Being in Ferguson, um, we have the benefit of, of having tangible needs that we can meet. And so just having a lot of people pour in, we've got mission teams in year round coming and helping redo building, walking around, just sharing the gospel, uh, helping other churches in our area, whatever the case may be. Um, your partnership's huge, um, not just for the church coming in or not just for your church. And one of the things we're trying to do is reciprocate. So if a team comes to us, we need to start going to them. Mm. Um, and so um, we just had a replanter leave from our church and go out to Denver. Um, chatted with a, a guy named Dave Harry uh, yesterday, and we're, we're making plans for the fall to take a trip uh, to begin investing in another replant, um, which would be uh, beneficial for our church. We've been looking for that North American piece. We've got our city local with church planting. We've got international, but but having a national piece that we can really la- latch on to. Um, and so that's been helpful. I was going to add one more thing as far as resources. Yeah. Um, in the SBC, um, churches, ca- uh, pastors, it can be a competition. Um, and so one of the things that I found helpful is on Thursday mornings, we have a group of North County pastors that get together to study. Right now we're going through aus- autopsy of a deceased church mm-hmm. and just being open and honest with each other. We spend about uh, half of our time praying and half of our time going through the book. So we're together about an hour and a half. So 45 minutes of praying and 45 minutes of chatting. Isolation is probably the biggest enemy to replanting as far as being a pastor. That's a great point, Jason. You got some to add. There. I wanted to add to that too. Um, one of the huge encouragements that all of this has been our association. Uh, I've never been a part of an association like St. Louis Metro Baptist association and, uh, the opportunities that I've had for, building friendships outside of our particular church, even with Joe and, and you, Bob, uh, and others is just incredible. And I've, I, I've, uh, been, been reminded over and over, I'm not in this alone. And so being a part of the association, be a part of uh, plant Midwest, being part of lead St. Louis, those are all opportunities to grow with other pastors. And, uh, that's been a huge piece of this to know I'm not alone. Yeah, that's good. And Joe brings up the, the great point. I know in our replanting journey early on, we, we felt, I felt absolutely alone, uh, especially as we hit some of those challenging uh, moments and you saw people that you counted on and hoped would stay ended up leaving and man, it, was, it, it really gets uh, challenging sometimes. One of the things we started with the replant team at the North American Mission Board is a thing called Church pl- uh, Replanter Roundtables. And uh, that's a group of pastors, a lot like a group that you mentioned, Joe, uh, where a group of pastors meets together to talk about their life, ministry, what's hard, pray together, challenge each other, encourage one another, support each other. So if there, there are listeners out there that are thinking about getting a, a group of pastors together, you can go to our website, churchreplanters.com, hit the resources, look at that section that describes what a replanter roundtable is, and uh, put one together in your area. They're forming all over. If you're in a particular area and you wonder if there's one in that's close to you, you can go to the National Replant Map and you can discover if there's a roundtable near you. Those can be listed there. Um, one of the things that's always helpful is to talk to people who've been where you haven't been, right? And so you guys are both on the other side of 12 months. You're a year plus in. What are some of the uh, pieces of wisdom or counsel you would give to guys that are just beginning the replant journey? It's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, I thought we have done a lot in 18 months, and yet we have not done everything I wanted to do. 
Um, and so have, seeing the big picture, um, you know, Jason talked about 15 baptisms in a year. We've had about seven or eight. Um, and so that's been a little slower than I would have liked uh, than what we were used to in, in other situations. Um, we can't force God to work. Um, and I realize in a larger, uh, just in a church replant in this large endeavor, it's, uh, it takes a while to, to get people back on mission. Yeah. Um, and also to, uh, to get people back in tune with where the Spirit's moving in their daily life. Um, you come from an established church and a lot of people in an established church have the mentality of, um, we pay the staff to do certain things and we will do our things. Um, and trying to, I don't let my people call me pastor in public. Um, just because I don't want people in the community automatically be scared. Um, but Hey, this is one of my friends, Joe. And and with that, just building that, Hey, we're all here together. We're, we're on mission together. And, um, so pace yourself. Yeah, that's Um, good. I'll tell you later what they call you in public, Joe. <laughs> um, if I had it to do over, um, yeah, ha- I've, having been a pastor for several years prior to this little endeavor, um, I've always enjoyed and I felt gifted in pastoring. I mean, and actually just loving people, particularly, particularly our senior adults. And so I felt particularly equipped for this endeavor to walk with this remnant of older folks and love them and uh and help them see their part of the vision and so when we landed we spent six months with them before we launched and uh in, in those days it was still sunday morning sunday night wednesday night and particularly sunday nights and wednesday nights was really my time with that core group and uh, sharing vision, hearing from them, praying with them, and, and really seeking God's vision with them. I, I tried to not come in with an agenda, but I wanted us to be a church planting team. And and uh, when we launched, uh, we were still kind of in that uh, those times together. But when summer hit last summer, it was so crazy, and I was traveling all over. We we called off our Wednesday nights for the summer. And uh, Sunday nights had turned to home groups. And I lost that time with with that core remnant. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I, if I had it to do over, I would, I would spend more time with them, loving them and pastoring them um, and helping them see their, their piece of this and how they can be a part of the vision. And, uh, and since then, we've just we've grown and things have gone uh, – I mean, it's just 90 miles an hour all the time, and I, I feel like I've lost that mm. to some degree. I'm and trying you miss to that. regain it. You miss it. that with folks? I miss yeah. it, and I, re- and I, I want to regain it, but it's hard to regain. And uh, mm. I feel like I'm their pastor too, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I don't want them to feel like we're running them over and we don't care about them at all. And, I, mm-hmm. and so I, I would just would have hung on to that yeah. better. That's a good word. So, so many times— uh, a replanter can come in and has change at the forefront of his mind and the top list of his agenda. And change can often include some of those natural gathering opportunities that are really gifts when they're repurposed and refocused. I'll tell you what I told him when we launched last Easter, I said, folks, I've been your pastor and now I'm a church planter and we are a church planting team. Mm hmm which sounded really awesome. <laughs> I wish I wish I would have toned that down a little bit yeah. and would have just continued to let them know I'm their pastor. It's uh, a good word. So another piece of advice after a conversation with uh, several replanters is a bad day or a bad event will not destroy the church. Mm. 
That's yeah, a good so one. many times we we have a bad business meeting, a bad meeting. We we have that. Um, I, I make this statement jokingly, but um, you know, people typically get scared to come into the pastor's office, and I typically get scared when people make an appointment to come into my office. <laughs> um, but with that, bad meetings, bad events, bad days—they will not destroy the church. Um, and and hope is not lost because a Sunday goes bad or a Wednesday night or whatever. There's those moments when you're just like, it's done. A uh, low attendance Sunday does not mean that God's done working. Yeah, that's a good word. And the the journey of replanting, specifically in that first year, there are going to be many low Sundays, many bad days. Uh, but the good news for both uh, of you guys, and then for us in our own replant journey, is that when you weather those and you stay faithful, you'll find that God's faithful and He'll bless that in so many ways. Okay. Yeah. The other thing that I found. Uh, there's a lot of stress in replanting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so physical health is important. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a knee surgery um, in September. Jason's had knee surgery as well. And not being able to lift weights, not being able to go for a run, not being able to, to go play with your kids. Um, and then on top of that, you start getting stressed. And so I don't need to eat vegetables and meat. I can eat potato chips again. There you go. Um, you <laughs> I know. think you just said I'm fat. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm here. Just a fat joke. That's what you hear. Well, I think uh, replanting is dangerous to your knees. I think that's, that's what I was that's what yeah. so. <laughs> Well. Guido's going to come around. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but with that, being able to take care of yourself, eat salads, go for walks, do what you can to, to relieve stress. I found the most helpful thing for me is um, on a rough day now, we have a 97,000 square foot building. So on a bad day, I'll go walk steps mm-hmm. um, and just get the heart rate moving just so I don't stress out. I have a standing desk. So half the day mm-hmm. I stand just so your body can release. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we, we often don't know why we feel the way we do. And some, most of the time it's spiritual warfare, but sometimes it's we're neglecting other things. Mm-hmm. That's a good word. Guys, thanks for sharing uh, your thoughts and your wisdom and your experience from your first year. And uh, we're we're really glad to, uh, to hear about your experience, your story, your churches uh, in Ferguson and in Afton, and we're celebrating with you the life change. If you want to know more about the work of replanting, go to churchreplanters.com or nam.net. You can search the keyword replanting. There's plenty of resources and opportunities that we recommend there for you. And there's podcasts like this one and ones that will follow that will help you as you work as a replanter or you work with replanters. And we are excited about what God's doing here in North America through the work of replanting. Guys, thanks. And we will see you guys again. Thank you for listening to the Replant Podcast, a resource of the SEND Network of the North American Mission Board. For more information, visit churchreplanters.com.